0: It has been another rock and roll week for news <laughs> in South Florida. So many unfolding events and now we want to try to make some sense out of them with our roundtable,
1: Or at least try. As always, we've got a very good one for you, so some introductions are in order first. Rosemary O'Hara is the editorial page editor of the Sun Sentinel. Bernadette Norris Weeks is an attorney in Fort Lauderdale with the law firm of Austin Paymies, Norris Weeks and founder of the Women of Color Empowerment Institute. Ed Pozzuoli is the president of the Trip Scott Law Firm in Fort Lauderdale and is a powerful voice in the Republican Party nationally and locally and here at our roundtable. Welcome Ed, everybody. Nice welcome. to have you. you. Good to be here.
0: Great to have you come in. All right. There was breaking news and guess what? Local 10 news. I just found out about it from <laughs> Ed Pozzuoli. What, what is news? I, I do... found out about it from the Sun Sentinel. Hey. I, I don't want to, I don't want right, to <laughs> it. But the, but the news is the DHS is saying that they are not going to send a thousand migrants a month to south florida is that, is that the news? which we all
2: already
1: reported may i yeah. say but go
0: ahead
2: right <laughs> yes um yes that is the news after a very chaotic week Boy. a very chaotic handling of how are we going to deal with the people at the at the border um the trump administration Uh, HAS BACKED AWAY FROM WHAT THE BORDER, ITS BORDER PATROL AGENCY SAID WAS A PLAN TO SEND A THOUSAND MIGRANTS A MONTH TO BROWARD AND PALM BEACH COUNTIES, WHICH uh, FOLLOWED THE PRESIDENT HAVING THREATENED TO SEND MIGRANTS TO DEMOCRATIC SANCTUARY COUNTIES.
0: LIKE MIAMI, UNLIKE BROWARD AND PALM BEACH COUNTIES, TWO OF THE BLUEST counties in the state of florida so
2: here came this announcement this week from border patrol that folks were coming without a plan it's like they're going to land at the airport there was no plan for where they were going to to right. go Who well, trying, let ahead. let me let me so, just
3: go ahead yeah, well hats okay. off to um uh bradshaw the sheriff in uh, palm beach county because he really rung the bell on this and and woke everybody up as to what could possibly happen and i'll tell you this would have been just another unfunded mandate um for broward for palm beach county in a very partisan deeply partisan way
1: well here let me I, we spent a long time tracing, you know how they say follow the money. This had no money at the moment, but we followed the source. And here is what I believe is to be true. And in fact, during the commercial break, we spoke to the sheriff about this. Sheriffs received information about possible contingency, contingency plans, plans that they were making, whatever.
4: For, so let's call them what they are. They were contingency plans.
1: Continue, well, le- can I to just finish by. what <laughs> I Contingency plans for an influx at the border. This was dispatched to sheriffs. Sheriff Tony told the mayor of Broward County, Mark Bogan, in a conversation about other things about these contingency plans, so we first found out publicly from a press release that the mayor put out that didn't call them contingency plans, but specified the number of people on a plane, how often they would come, and that's what set off a very public, sort of confusion and chaos.
4: Yeah, hysteria, hysteria reigned supreme in Broward. Shocking. Um, on the other <laughs> hand, this is this is similar to a child's game of telephone, uh, where the information gets passed from one to the other and somehow changes, and so let's uh let's make sure that it's clear again the announcement is that those were contingency plans and that no migrants are coming to south florida period end of story now would say not end of story no no right for now it is because it's not a story and and no, i would say the following a story, yeah. it, well it's it's a story in this respect i'll say it this way it's a story that our governor stood up to the president, many when he was elected said he wouldn't stand up to President Trump, and in this respect, he was able to impact this decision. Well, he was to the he, degree it was. He, he, was, was decided, he was blindsided. He was blindsided. But he did step up and say, "Hey, we can't do it because it's going to tax. It's going to tax local and state resources." And I think that the administration heard it, and so to the degree that those were anything more than contingency plans, that changed. Well, that and, was that one of the things
1: that that really tipped us off to the confusion of it all is is the fact that Governor DeSantis did not know because if. He he didn't know. Then mm-hmm. we thought that that can't be, but but what DHS is saying now, Ro- that Rosemary, your paper first broke today is that there are no plans to send migrants to Florida, which to me, frankly, makes no sense because there are migrant families, if they were looking for Mm -hmm. sponsors that are here. I mean, there may be no airlift planned, but to to have a blanket statement that there's no no migrants are gonna be sent to Florida just doesn't make sense. Well,
2: first though, let's also acknowledge that Palm Beach Sheriff Rick Bradshaw also WAS UNDER THE IMPRESSION FROM CONVERSATIONS WITH BORDER PATROL yes. THAT THE administrator THAT BORDER PATROL WAS GETTING READY TO SEND a 1,000 MIGRANTS A MONTH. Mm-hmm. SO IT WAS NOT JUST um, MARK BOGAN, THE MAYOR of, OF BROWARD. WHO MADE IT PUBLIC. BUT, YOU KNOW, I MEAN, THINK ABOUT IT, TO SEND PEOPLE FROM THE SOUTHWEST BORDER TO THE SOUTHEAST CORNER OF, of FLORIDA, WHICH DOESN'T, um, WITHOUT ANY KIND OF PREPARATION, JUST DIDN'T MAKE SENSE.
1: The uh, part of the Customs and Border Patrol information, uh, Border Protection, excuse me, information had said that they are going to be in these contingency plans, looking for places where a there are sponsors or family members, and b. PLACES WHERE THERE IS AN INFRASTRUCTURE TO HAVE A MASS PROCESSING AVAILABLE, CERTAINLY. Yeah. dead South FLORIDA well, IS ONE OF THOSE PLACES. WELL,
3: WE KNOW THAT um, BROWARD COUNTY IN PARTICULAR IS A COST BURDEN AREA IN TERMS OF AFFORDABLE HOUSING, AND WE ALSO KNOW THAT THE BUSINESS COMMUNITY RECENTLY REALLY STEPPED UP TO TRY TO um, PUT PEOPLE IN PLACES FOR HOUSING. YOU KNOW, THE BIG CAMP THAT WAS RIGHT NEXT TO THE HOMELESS CAMP THAT WAS RIGHT NEXT TO THE BROWARD COUNTY LIBRARY, mm-hmm. um, RIGHT DOWNTOWN THAT WAS MOVED. Uh, WITH THE HELP AND SUPPORT OF THE COMMUNITY COUNCIL OF BROWARD, IN ADDITION TO SO MANY OTHER COMMUNITY BUSINESS LEADERS THAT STEPPED UP. BUT THAT IS NOT AN INFINITE RESOURCE, AND WE REALLY DID NOT HAVE, I DON'T THINK BROWARD'S PREPARED, I MEAN, BROWARD COUNTY, uh, THEY WERE GOING NUTS, AS WELL AS PALM BEACH COUNTY, BECAUSE WHERE where ARE THESE PEOPLE GOING?
4: BROWARD IS, (laughs) BROWARD'S NOT PREPARED, NOR IS DADE, NOR IS PALM BEACH, BUT FRANKLY, what community is prepared to handle this? And and so that's really the bigger well, national not in, question. In they're Brownsville bigger. and El
0: Paso. Yeah. I mean, they're 45, not. I mean, I think on Friday, 4,500 people showed up at the border ASKING FOR ASYLUM AND 110,000 OR SO ONE in the COULD last SAY month? IT'S A CRISIS. WELL, well was I, I, I THINK IT WOULD well, BE. AND SO WHEN PRESIDENT
4: it. TRUMP SAID IT WAS A CRISIS SEVERAL yeah, MONTHS but, AGO, you know, EVERY DEMOCRAT SAID, NO, IT'S A CRISIS, think, BUT BUT, but yeah, IS it's THE crisis. ANSWER
2: TO BUILD A WALL AND TO ONLY PICK THOSE WHO, YOU KNOW, WILL CONTRIBUTE Additional TO OUR. ADDITIONAL
4: RESOURCES ARE NECESSARY AS I, PART OF IT AS A WALL. PART OF IT'S ADDITIONAL JUDGES. LET well, ME this ALSO is. POINT
2: OUT THAT THAT, immig- that FACILITY IN HOMESTEAD where we we op- which we opened a year ago for children has not been a great example of how South Florida is prepared to right. um, I, I, embrace and, and I find can agree homes. On
0: Absolutely, for three three thousand immigrant children, migrant, unaccompanied minors are in that facility right now. two hundred a day, that.
1: more or less, have been coming yeah. in. I'm talking about airlift, but is it worth it to look back on South Florida just within the last few decades? HUGE MIGRANT INFLUX ALL AT ONE TIME, AND and HOW WAS IT HANDLED? MARIEL,
0: 1980, Mm -hmm. 125,000. CUBANS ARRIVED, THE GREAT MAJORITY OF THEM PEACEFUL LOOKING FOR A BETTER LIFE. AND ABOUT 10,000 OF THEM OR SO WERE HARDENED CRIMINALS AND MENTALLY ILL PEOPLE. Uh, IT WAS JUST A tear. I MEAN, I LIVED THROUGH IT. I REPORTED ON IT. Mm -hmm. I REMEMBER Mm -hmm. IT. AND Mm
3: -hmm. And THIS SHOULD NOT JUST BE SEEN AS A SOUTH FLORIDA, uh, BROWARD AND PALM BEACH ISSUE. THESE FOLKS WOULD HAVE BEEN Perfectly free to go anywhere um, that they could, their dollars could take them, and I'm sure. Well, they
0: had no dollars. They, well, they had no dollars. Well, well,
3: well. I mean, let me tell you, um, it, it is not um, un, unheard of for, uh, and I won't say which county, for um, counties, and I don't think Broward would do this, to, to send people, give them bus passes for other places. I don't, I just don't think that this county could have absorbed that, and um, there would have been other um, things in place in addition to um, looking for resources. Well, whatever
1: DHS is saying now, mm-hmm. I think it would be perfectly appropriate for each county to sort of start looking at contingency plans now before they are needed, and maybe yeah. they never will be.
3: but. You know, well, the problem. problem is this: this Trump administration puts out these horrible ideas, and if it, there's not a lot of pushback on them, mm-hmm. then uh, they may become the law.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> even though Ed says it was hysteria, if Mayor Bogan had not spoken out so sharply, along with the sheriffs and other mm-hmm. people, I mean, who knows what would have happened? So I think mm-hmm. the pushback from South Florida did maybe have an effect on policy. Anyway. We're going to take a break. Much more to talk about with The Roundtable. Stay with us. WELCOME BACK ON THIS SUNDAY, A GREAT ROUNDTABLE WITH ROSEMARY O'HARA OF THE SUN SENTINEL, Bernadette NORRIS WEEKS, AND THE ESTIMABLE ED POZOLI OF THE TRIP Scott LAW FIRM IN FORT LAUDERDALE. WE ARE JUST TOLD BY OUR PRODUCER, LISA Hendry THAT uh, GOVERNOR DESANTIS JUST SENT OUT A TWEET SAYING HE HAD SPOKEN TO THE PRESIDENT, AND THE PRESIDENT SAID HE NEVER APPROVED A PLAN TO SEND MIGRANTS TO SOUTH FLORIDA. SO WE'LL SEE THAT AND LEARN MORE ABOUT THAT LATER. Uh, Rosemary, let's talk a little bit about election hacking 2016. Um, our governor, when this was first announced in the Mueller report, said we ought to know who these counties were. And he met with the FBI, our members of Congress met, had a briefing with the FBI, but nobody, they're sworn to secrecy. Isn't this a public? Right to know this information.
2: You know, it doesn't help the FBI's reputation to keep to to make it a state secret. Which counties were hacked? It's not like we're asking for the nuclear codes here. We're just trying to find out which counties, you know, had their voter data systems intruded upon and what exactly that meant. Yeah. Bernadette, I mean, you
1: you have um, past insider work with the elections department as the attorney mm-hmm. for Dr. Snipes, mm-hmm. the former election supervisor in Broward. Uh, we, we do know with some surety that it is Broward, Dade, Palm Beach, Monroe. We're not the counties. That right, we're not. And in fact, the governor last mm-hmm. week in his press conference sort of alluded to some smaller, less populated mm-hmm. counties. Um, Broward's new supervisor elections, Pete Antonacci, not us, not us, not us. MY IMPRESSION WAS HE WAS VERY CERTAIN EVERYTHING WAS BUTTONED UP TIGHT NOTHING COULD GO WRONG nothing DID GO WRONG NOTHING mm-hmm. COULD GO WRONG I'M INTERESTED TO HEAR YOU TALK ABOUT WITH WHAT WE NOW KNOW HOW DO WE KNOW THE RUSSIANS CAN'T GET IN SOMEHOW
3: WELL we WELL WE, we DON'T they? KNOW WHETHER THE RUSSIANS CAN GET IN I THINK THAT THE ISSUE HERE IS THE ISSUE we know is that the Russians didn't get into Broward County. Um, we can say with um, near certainty that um, the, there was no email open, and so this information was sent to all 67 counties via email that had to be open in order to corrupt um the spear Brow- phishing Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so Broward County has um, protections in place um, for that type of email, and, and so Broward Cy- County Cyber security. Cybersecurity. And we also know that those counties have now been um, contacted. And, um, and Broward County was not one of those counties contacted. Uh, we also know that um, or we believe that Washington County may be one of yeah. the counties. Um, that is, uh, there are two. Uh, Washington County is likely to be one. That's and up in the Panhandle. Up in the Panhandle. Yeah. And it's believed that either Brevard or um, some other east. Sumter. Uh, Volusia. Uh, yeah, Volusia. Maybe, maybe the yeah. other. So uh, we, you know, we don't have all of the information, but should the information be available now to the public at Absolutely, and uh, the FBI is saying uh, uh, its reasoning is because uh, uh, the state supervisor signed some type of a confidentiality agreement with the federal government. Yeah. But it's one that the the state supervisor well. was asked to sign. And then, as, as a final thing, it's really crazy because in in this in this state of Florida, the state supervisor of, of I mean the um, secretary of state's office. Overseas and is responsible for all of the state supervisors, and so you know if, if they, they make the decision, they and they didn't know. And the information is shared by counties, and so really it's a corruption of the entire system, not just um, whatever specific county that is. Because if somebody changes their address to another county or moves or whatever, those supervisors all have access yeah, to that same connected. database, and so really it's everybody that mm. was affected. So it's here, not just Broward. Here's my question. Or I'm the sorry, not. Just JUST yeah. WHATEVER THE TWO counties ARE.
1: <laughs> the, um,
3: the NATIONAL SECURITY
1: WAS THE REASON, EVEN WHEN THE CONGRESSIONAL DELEGATION, FLORIDA'S 27 CONGRESSMEN AND WOMEN MET WITH THE FBI TOO, SOME OF THEM WERE SAYING, WELL, THE FBI SAYS WE CAN'T KNOW BECAUSE OF NATIONAL SECURITY how that doesn't compute when when a credit card database is breached yeah Yeah. people who have that credit card are alerted hey this was breached and you may be a victim how is that any different and how does it breach national security we already know how the spear phishing campaign fake emails that someone clicked upon what could possibly be a nationally security risk for knowing which counties had hacking.
4: Beats me. I mean I, I think it should you're be supposed public. To, you're estimable. I mean, you should I, know well, these I mean, things. No, but <laughs> but I actually think from a pr- principal standpoint that it should be disclosed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and I also think I would say it this way, instead of us traping down this collusion uh, investigation uh, the I've read the Mueller report, and the Mueller report doesn't go into huge detail, but it does talk about how the Russians uh, tried to infiltrate some of our data, uh, how they failed pr- predominantly, but they did do some, and and what their activities were. And the question is, how do we prevent that? That should exactly. be the mm-hmm, discussion yeah. amongst yeah. Mm-hmm. Republicans and Democrats. Yes. How do we prevent that from occurring now? The, the good news is that, at least from what my reading of the Mueller report and my understanding of these reports, is that there was no vote total impacts or any of that stuff. But, how, do we know? But, yeah, how do we know? But transparency is the key here so that people have uh, yeah. uh, some
0: confidence in the voting system. I right. think that's very important. That's why it should be disclosed. Well, I agree. That's fundamental. We all must have complete trust in the integrity of our voting system. and this happened in 2016 probably happened in 2018 right. and now we've got this huge presidential congressional mm-hmm. election coming mm-hmm. up next year and people it's not, just can't doubt right. it's and happened speaking, for 25 speaking of that, years. I mean let's understand right. that but speaking
3: yeah. of that what about uh, Bill Nelson who <clears throat> who said that and was basically vilified by Rick Scott because he said that you know perhaps we're hacked and and uh, and made reference to that he you know he and he probably had intelligence at the time that would have yeah. um, you know in given him the the, the understanding yeah. that something had gone awry.
1: you know the uh, let's take a quick break because Rosemary you brought up something I think we really need to talk about, intrusion is not hacking, is not changing vote totals, but the impacts could have been done in so many other ways that might have changed the vote. So Mm -hmm. quick break and we'll be right back. WELCOME BACK TO THE ROUND TABLE. JUST TO BUTTON UP THIS CONVERSATION ABOUT THIS ELECTION HACKING THAT WE'VE BEEN, EVERYONE THAT WE'VE HEARD FROM, FROM THE GOVERNOR TO CONGRESSMEN AND WOMEN WHO KNOW WHICH COUNTIES WERE HACKED, INTRUDED UPON, SAY NOTHING WAS DONE TO CHANGE THE OUTCOME OF THE ELECTION. AND INSTEAD OF BEING COMFORTED BY THAT, MY QUESTION IS, ROSEMARY, MAYBE DIRECTLY NOT. But what about indirectly? We know the Russians had a Facebook disinformation campaign. If they had voter information, they could target people with disinformation that made them maybe change their mind. I mean, how that to me just does not make sense.
2: Well, that one of the headlines of the Mueller report was that the Russians interfered with the election. How exactly they did that has yet to be identified. All we know now is that there were intrusions made into voter data information. What does that mean exactly? And, and and really, in hiding this information, really, the Russians are going to look at a program like this to see, you know, which counties did we successfully hack? But do they go into the voter rolls? Do they change what party somebody is? Do they, yeah. you know, say what what their address <laughs> is? What? How did they? Public what did they do out. with this voter data information that they accessed? Yeah. Because they can create mayhem.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and you're absolutely right and let's hope that 2020 cybersecurity improves our in Florida and across the nation. Um uh, Bernadette, let me ask you, you heard Sheriff Greg Tony. Uh, I thought Lena and I asked some very direct questions mm-hmm. about really important cases, particularly involving the way some BSO deputies have handled the arrests and takedowns of young black men. Were you satisfied with his answers?
3: well i think the sheriff is trying to find his way i think that he is in some respects stuck between a rock and a hard place and trying to uh... ensure that the community's uh... answers are list i mean the community is listened to while at the same time um, being cognizant of the fact that you know he has a really tough union that he's dealing with every day so i think that um, in terms of um, sheriff tony he is b- doing the best that he can to give the community the information that there has to be a process and and i think what he's trying and what he's going out and what i've heard him say in different group settings is that um, I AM GOING THROUGH, I'M ALLOWING THE PROCESS FOR ALL OF THESE THINGS TO WORK, AND um, WHETHER THAT PROCESS IS GOING TO BE SUFFICIENT OR NOT, WE'LL SEE, BUT, um, but but YOU KNOW, he, HE HAS TO, I THINK, BE MEASURED, AND HE CAN'T JUST, YOU KNOW, JUMP WITH EVERYBODY, uh, JUMP THE GUN ON THINGS. I THINK HE HAS TO TAKE THINGS ON A CASE-BY-CASE BASIS. SOME OF THE THINGS THAT YOU BROUGHT UP, um, th- THESE ARE THINGS OBVIOUSLY THAT HAPPEN, BUT um, THERE'S A PROCESS FOR ALL OF IT, AND I THINK HE'S DOING SO FAR, YOU KNOW, ALL THAT HE, OR a, a lot that he can do to try to make things a little bit One of more the transparent. Things,
4: I mean, I totally agree with you. One of the things that he is trying to do uh, is bring more training aspects to it. Mm-hmm. You touched on it toward the end of the interview. I think that some of the things we saw previously, you know, the the debacle at the airport and so the tragedy mm-hmm. at MSD. A lot of that is related back to the failure to train officers right. uh, and and react in those circumstances. And I think his focus on training. Uh, both uh, deputies and others around him are is vital to making you know to making improvements and that includes by the way that includes the use of force uh, when appropriate versus excess you know
0: but Rosemary I've got to say I and I thought he was extremely candid but when Glenna and I said why didn't the corrections officers at that jail uh call 911 or say to the contracted medical company get your butt in here we've got a woman having a baby right and they didn't they didn't do that for hours yeah in hours seven hours yeah
2: no there needs to be CLEARLY, WE CONTRACT OUT FOR PRISON HEALTH CARE AND THERE'S A PROCESS IN ORDER TO CONTROL COSTS. BUT THERE NEEDS TO BE A HUMAN REACTION THAT THIS WOMAN IS IN EMERGENCY AND DIAL 911. YOU KNOW, MY ASSESSMENT IS BSO IS A BIG ORGANIZATION OF 5400 EMPLOYEES. Uh, the sheriff has been tested by fire. He's had a number of incidents happen under in his short tenure. <clears throat> my my wish for him would be that he better communicated. So in the first case, in the Raleigh case, where the kid's head was pounded in mm-hmm. the ground, he responded right away and and put those deputies on on um, suspended them. But in the case of the hospital handcuff beating, oh my goodness! You know there was, was a week ago, WENT BY AND Nothing. WE WERE UNABLE TO GET COMMUNICATION FROM right. HIM. AND and WITH THE UNION AND WITH THE TRAINING, IF YOU COMMUNICATE, I MEAN, HE'S, he's AN UNKNOWN PERSON TO US STILL, AND YOU WANT TO GIVE HIM HIS ROOM TO FIND HIS WAY, IT'S A BIG ORGANIZATION AND COMPLEX TO GET your YOUR ARMS AROUND, BUT BETTER COMMUNICATION WOULD SERVE yeah. HIM WELL. I yeah. HAVE TO SAY FOR SOMEONE WHO HAS NOT BEEN ON THE JOB FIVE MONTHS
1: YET, HE HAS BEEN OUT THERE. And for him to come in and sit down on a live program and answer questions that he does not know are coming, um, I think you got to give him so much credit for that. Bernadette, he said something, the sheriff said something about changing the culture of Mm -hmm. the department, which I think is, you know, just one word that means a massive, you know, Mm -hmm. a a depth, massive depth of meaning.
3: Right, and I think a part of that culture is um, a culture of inclusiveness. And so that's a part of the messaging that I've heard HIM TALK ABOUT um, AS HE'S OUT THROUGHOUT THE COUNTY. Um, AND JUST MAKING SURE THAT HE'S MET WITH EVERYWHERE FROM PASTORS, um, ORGANIZATIONS, TO BUSINESS GROUPS. AND SO, HE'S REALLY OUT yeah. THERE TRYING TO COMMUNICATE. And I, AND I KNOW FROM THE MEDIA STANDPOINT, YOU KNOW, YOU CAN NEVER REALLY GIVE ENOUGH INFORMATION. Well, and, AND I, I KNOW.
2: Think THE UNION made it INTO THAT. <laughs> but HE HASN'T talk, HE DOESN'T TALK TO THE UNION. I yeah. THINK THAT'S NOT A GOOD THING. AND,
0: and YOU DID. AND I'M VERY GOOD AT IT. Were. ED, BERNADETTE? Rosemary, good to see you. Great to have you. Great to have you, and thank thank you you so much. Still to come, my personal perspective about the veto of the plan to overhaul the Coconut Grove Playhouse. Boy, that veto was wrong.